Hey everyone, welcome to the Talking 313 podcast. I'm your host, Ben Nass. I got Logan Slade here with me. And what a week we've had this past week. Maybe not necessarily a ton of stuff going on in the sports world, but here in Michigan, you know, it turned into the Arctic tundra after uh, we thought we had a couple of days of maybe some spring coming. Yeah. Now we're, we're down to snow again here. We're here at Mount Pleasant where we are at. We got like well, you said eight inches. Someone I said I, yeah. I, I said a foot. Someone and Logan was like, "Oh, it's like eight inches." Not eight. Yeah, so so probably probably closer to eight inches because I like to over exaggerate things. But I mean, what else happened this week? Outer Banks came out. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I mean, for all the people our age, that's probably like yeah. the biggest show around for nowadays. Sure. Yeah, you know, not to spoil anything. It's, this isn't a spoiler, but I, I hate John B's dad. Yeah, who doesn't, right? You know, every I feel like that's a, kind of going to be a common thing going on as people finish up the show. Not that he necessarily did anything that, you know. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about today. So there wasn't a ton that went on in the sports world other than some Michigan, Michigan State basketball, which we're going to get into with the, the back half of this podcast. What we're going to start off here is a little something we haven't talked about yet and something that definitely needs to be addressed, and that's um, – Detroit Lions free agency. Uh, free agency starts uh, the 15th, March 15th at 4 p.m. Uh, the tampering, so like, you know, you can talk to your team, you like your returning guys starts the 13th, that goes to the 15th. And then the 15th is when free agency fully starts for the NFL. So that's closer than I feel like we think it is, where that's maybe a couple weeks out here. Yeah. And going into it, the Lions have probably some needs, would you say? Oh, for sure. Yes. What would you say the, the biggest need for the Lions? Biggest is, need? Biggest need for the Lions going into free agency. Uh, going into free agency, this is before the draft, right? Before so, the draft, correct. Uh, well, I would say I, I, I plan the Lions at least taking one defensive line piece in the draft. So mm -hmm. I, I would say either you have to – obviously we got to go defense. I'd target either a good a veteran cornerback to come in or a nice uh, – Older veteran linebacker to kind of help, but one that's better than Alex Anzalone, one right. that can actually play football. Well, speaking of Anzalone, yeah. let me get into that part of it. There are a lot of players who were on the Lions last year and are possible guys that we can re-sign. And let me kind of just list off all these names. It might be a little tedious just hearing all these names listed off, but let me just list off the names here. Uh, you have DJ Chark, Jamal Williams, Mike Hughes, Alex Anzalone, Evan Brown, Deshaun Elliott, uh, Harris, Bryant, Dan Skipper, John Kaminsky, Brock Wright, and Amani Oruwariye. Out of those names, you know, you can look at it here. I have them written down because just reading them off like that is probably hard to remember. But out of those names, who would you say is probably the biggest guy you want to resign? Or maybe, yeah, you personally, if you were resigning him, who's the one as a fan? You should want resign as a fan, or as a fan, or as like okay, as so, a fan. So uh, not like the smartest move, yeah, right? not the okay. smartest move. Evis fan, what's the well? Obviously, I'd want Jamal back to yeah, kind I of agree. help the team. I think that's the for sure. everybody is going to be in love with that move. They do that, but there is caution to that. You can't overpay him. You I can't, hear you can't. It's got to be I'm reasonable. Sure, he had you know probably one of the better years. I mean, it's not one of the better years for a running back of all time, but obviously he has a touchdown record right. for him. It's a career year, and he's going to be wanting a lot of money. I think Jamal Williams is definitely a guy that wants to stay in Detroit. Sure. I mean, you hear him all the offseason. He's talking about, uh, oh, our New Jersey's and talking about, oh, God, look yeah. at the Detroit Lions. Like, he seems like the most Detroit Lions-centered player. Now, you brought up – you kind of emphasize the fact that I was asking you as a fan, 
what would yeah. you want as an organizational? What's the best yeah. move? Best resigning okay. the Lions can make. I'll give you two guys that I would. I would make it a priority to resign them no matter what. I would go John Kaminsky because of depth at D at D line. We all know it's a hard position. If you look at what the Eagles did this year, they had to get to the Super Bowl. They had eight or nine guys they could just plug in and play. So I think Kaminsky could be a big part of that for us next year. Mm-hmm. And then I would resign. Actually, I know it might not be that popular, but I would resign Deshaun Elliott just to kind of keep our depth in the secondary. I know well, and he started this year because Tracy got hurt. So we're in. Who knows what Tracy's gonna be like when he gets back from injury? So I would I would bring him back on a deal that is reasonable to kind of keep our our depth in the secondary there. How, what were you thinking? So I definitely agree. Kaminsky is a big guy they need to bring back. A defensive line piece that at times I feel like was a a, a big guy oh, for us and definitely is as you said a depth piece that we're going to need going into the secondary and I, I agree I think Deshaun Elliott is a guy that is a good first guy off the bench yeah. maybe you know plug and play type safety secondary player that is going to be a good player for us I think the other thing I could highlight here is getting one of those offensive linemen at the very least a Dan mm-hmm. Skipper and Evan Brown back I think obviously Evan Brown was out for the majority of this yeah. year and Dan Skipper really stepped up for him. I think getting one of those two guys for your offensive line would be a big thing for an offensive line that is probably was one of the best in the NFL last year. If you get one of those guys back, then you're just continuing that that trend towards being, you know, a smash mouth football team right. when you need to be, but you don't have to be, you know, like you have that offensive right. line that gives you the flexibility to do yeah. everything you want in the offense. Cause I think that's kind of a thing that was not maybe undervalued, but just not talked about enough with yeah. Lions fans. And obviously that's how it is for the majority of sports programs. Nobody likes to talk about the offensive line. It's boring. Right. Nobody likes to give love to them. Well, I'm going to give them a little bit of love because I don't think that our offense could have been the offense it was last year. And this isn't a knock on Jared Goff, but I don't think he could have thrived the way he thrived right. if he didn't have the offensive line. Sure. What about two other names I get? What about uh, Anzalone and Didi Trek? What are your thoughts on them? So I think the thing with Anzalone and DJ Chark, if you sign Anzalone back, it can't be for a lot of money. Right. And I think if you're going to sign Anzalone back, you got to sign someone else too. I don't mind the idea of signing Anzalone back because he's obviously he's got that long blonde hair. Everybody like he's probably, I don't want to say the most recognizable player because you know, you got Aiden Hutchinson, you got Jeff Okuda, those type players that everybody knows on our defense. But the most recognizable average player on our defense, yeah. I feel like, is Alex Anzalone, just because of his long hair, the way he looks. And I feel like one thing I, I worry about with this team is bringing in too many new guys where yeah. you're going to break culture. And I think just bringing in a guy like Anzalone, who maybe isn't the best linebacker on the field, but is a leader who sure. can who can be a leader in the locker room and someone to that source. And you bring up DJ Chark as well. I would say... Uh, we're going to get into receivers later, so I'll, I'll keep this brief, I'm sure, when we talk more about other free agents. But I think if you re-sign DJ Chark again, you can sign up for – like, he's going to want a lot of money. Yeah. But I don't think you can sign up for a lot of money. But you can give him a good – like, you. Sure. he's he's worth a solid amount of money as long as you don't overpay for him. Right. But we'll talk about that more later, I think, when we get into receivers, where I think you definitely need to get one receiver. And if DJ's the guy – yeah. It's not necessarily the worst option, right. I don't think. What yeah. do you think about those I couldn't two? have said it better. Like, like you said, I think the sole reason for Anzalone being here would be to provide leadership for uh, Malcolm Rodriguez and the other yeah. line, uh, young linebackers we have. And then uh, with DJ, it would just be a depth piece that, you know, when he was in the game, he played really well. But 
not sure there's necessarily necessarily a need for him next here next year if we can get upgraded that position for close to the same amount of money in free agency. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. So you talked about this in the very beginning, and just kind of going back to that, you brought up oh, depending on I assume they're going to get a D lineman in the draft and a corner in the draft. How do you think the Lions should balance this free agency, knowing that you have a a ton of high value picks in the draft? Yeah. Well, to answer your question, I would by you guys. I, I have my own like thing that I want the Lions to do in the draft personally. Right. I would. We'll I would get into that. Soon, okay, so I'll save it for that. But yeah, you can I, sort of. Just, let's, just, let's just say that I haven't taken. I wanted to take a defensive end. Yeah. So I would anticipate that at that point we don't necessarily need him. We have Houston, uh, James Houston to back up and tread depth. So just re- disregard the defensive end position. I would look at signing a guy named Deron Payne, if. If for the right amount of money, defensive tackle from Green for, Bay, yeah, right? or no, shoot. Washington, yeah, Washington, yeah. You know, sure. he had a career year. He had a eleven and a half sacks, but uh, he might want a, too much money. If if we can't target him, I would go after Javon Hargrave, uh, Devon, uh, defensive tackle from uh, Philly. Had a career year again. He's a little bit older, but I wouldn't mind giving him a couple couple years on a decent amount of money. That that's just defensive line. I wouldn't necessarily target that. That's just if we want to. Yeah, it's like really it's really tough to balance free i think it's not necessarily wrong but weird the way the nfl does it where free agency comes before the draft i think i mean there's there's pros and cons to both sides where there's pros to having free agency first there's pros to having the draft first i think it's just tough to the the way you plan it out has to be very very structured and i think you can't go into this thinking oh, let's just get this guy and not even right. think about the draft. You have to balance knowing where you're going to be able to pick and knowing who you're going to be able to pick and have a sense of maybe who you want to take in the NFL draft when you're going into free agency, I feel like. I feel like it's a big thing that we have probably done a pretty good job of lately. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously in prior years from prior GMs that quite honestly were horrendous, didn't maybe do the best job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Bob Quinn. <laughs> well, not really a shout out, more of a screw you, Bob Quinn. <laughs> yeah, more of a let's never talk about you again because you're like Alavio level bad. But <laughs> so, I want to say one thing real quick. Okay. So there is a there there's in my mind, there's like two paths to what they can do with this offense, right. right? Yeah. I haven't I wanted to trade up and take a defensive defensive end. So that yeah. would help the D line. And I wouldn't worry about that necessarily per se in free agency. And then when it comes to free agency, in the trade market, there is one guy I really would like them to trade for, and I would give up a first round pick to do that. Would be cornerback Jalen Ramsey from the, the Rams. So that was that in my mind. Those are two avenues avenues to go down. Perfect. So in free agency, I would target linebacker. And there's one guy from Tampa Bay that I would really like to sign. His name's Levante David. He, I have a feeling if he were to come here, he would just flourish in the system that we have with Aaron Glenn. He would be an amazing leader. Him and Rodrigo in the backfield would are in the in the linebacker area, whatever they call it, yeah, would be a huge upgrade over Angeloni. The speed, the he—he's one of the best leaders in supercomputers. That he's like a—he knows—he knows what's coming, where it's going, and how fast to get there. So he's like a robot. Exactly. Yeah. If if we could get him in free, that's my number one target. Would be Levante David because he would just kind of tie it all together. And I don't know if there's another avenue to go get a stud linebacker. Like you can trade and draft a defensive end. You can trade and draft for a corner. I don't know if there's that stud linebacker in the draft. Mm-hmm. Or a trade of outside of Will Anderson, who's right. not going to be available. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, you bring up two things that I, I really like there. It's 
Jalen Ramsey, uh, which I'll kind of talk about first. There's a possible possible outcome, very unlikely possible outcome. You might not even need to trade for him where sure. the Rams release him because of cap room right. that they need. And in that case, you know, you get a Jalen Ramsey, that would be awesome. Yeah. And obviously there's been a little bit of some Twitter wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was it? Uh, what's the guy from the Cowboys? Jesus. Michael Parsons. Don't give him respect. He doesn't yeah, give him that respect. Little, that douchebag from Dallas, yep. you know, the Dallas douchebags, we call them. At least I call him that. Shout out Joseph Davies. Yeah. Screw Dallas. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was kind of giving Detroit the business and – you know, let's get Jalen Ramsey just to spite him. Oh, part yeah. of he wants. And obviously, he's a fantastic corner. Right. And that would be awesome. And then you bring up Levante David, who I think is a linebacker that is basically what you said, a complete stud. A game-changing linebacker that is going to change our system. And I don't I don't think that there's another avenue that – at linebacker, like you said, I right. completely agree. I don't think there's another linebacker you can get in the draft or – not even really in free agency. There's, there's no – the thing about getting a linebacker like that in free agency is this is guaranteed stuff. For sure. You know what it is. You don't have to draft a linebacker who's a question mark and you don't know what's going to happen. And pairing Levante David with Malcolm Rodriguez Derek would Barnes. probably be – Derek Barnes, yeah, all the linebackers. If you re-sign Alex Anzalone, right. then that linebacker room is probably one of the best linebacker rooms. Mm-hmm. Looking at a couple other – positions here maybe not positions but just some players before we uh get into maybe let's let's stay on the defensive side of the ball for now uh looking at you brought up a corner so if Jalen Ramsey is not available I have a couple names that written down here Jamel Dean from Tampa Bay that's the one right so yeah he's a a playoff resume first off which we need I think playoff experience because there's there's none really I mean you have Jared Goff but there's there's very little right playoff experience on this roster Jamel Dean as a corner is is a guy that if you don't get Jalen Ramsey, I think should be a top, top target priority. Yeah. priority. Another corner I have written down here is James Bradbury. Obviously, yeah. he's now known for the uh, yes the uh, incident in the Super Bowl. Let's just leave it at that. Yep. And then Byron Murphy from Arizona. So those two are. I don't know who's afraid? Yeah. You. Okay. Both of those are a little up there in age. Yes. Jamel Dean is a little bit younger than both of those, and I think. Jamel Dean is probably the best out of those three that I would yeah. like, but getting a Byron Murphy or James Bradbury would would be good. Oh, I yeah. think obviously a very good thing for this team. And you look at to go back to the draft, you have eighteen. That might be a spot where you get a corner. Right. If you get a young corner, you get a free agent corner that's old, has experience. You know, yeah. can can lead the cornerback room in the locker room with Jeff Okuda and mm-hmm. whoever else they bring back. If they re-sign maybe one of those corners, which I honestly hope not at this point. Yeah, right. But if they re-sign, you know, Hughes or Oruarie, just build that secondary right. the way you want it to. Yeah. Another guy I would add on to that list was uh, his name's Cam Sutton. I think he's from yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. He'd be a, a really nice depth piece to kind of get. Uh, you know, he not no, he's no Jamel Dean or no mm-hmm. Byron Murphy, but he'd really help this group uh, grow and mature as the season goes on, and he definitely has. He comes from a winning culture there in Pittsburgh, so I think he kind of helped bring that here. Yeah, and uh, there's definitely benefits to to bring him in, on, especially yeah. on a cheaper deal compared to all these other guys. Yeah, you've heard us say it a couple times: winning culture, just getting that playoff resume, things to that sort. I think that's really what this free agency needs to be about for the Lions: is getting that experience. Because, quite honestly, I expect this team to make the playoffs next year, yep. and that should be everybody's mm-hmm. expectation. If they fall short of that, you should be disappointed. Yes, I think so. And 
not only should they get to the playoffs, if you get to the playoffs and have these veterans who have playoff experience, have that winning culture vibe and can just come in and just lead this team, I think that would be a massive thing for the Detroit Lions, not even getting to the playoffs, but playing in the playoffs and maybe having an opportunity to go deep in the playoffs. Now, I'm not talking about – I don't expect this team to win a Super Bowl by any means. I think they could possibly win a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's probably a little crazy to a lot of people, but, yeah. I, like, just winning a game in the playoffs. That's all I ask. Yes. I mean, That's all we want here. Yeah. Detroit. This year, get to the playoffs. If they go and they win a game in the playoffs, I am through the roof. I, I'll go a step further. I bet you they host a division. If they host – I bet they host the wild card. It would be amazing. I would – it would be. I would pay. I would pay a lot of money to yes. go see him play in, yep. in, in a wild card. As long as I have money, I will. Yes. Most likely attempt to be there. Mm-hmm. All Detroit will. All. All of. I mean, yeah. It'll probably be the most anticipated game in a long time. Yeah. Staying on. Do you got anything else on defense? I got a couple defensive tackles written down here. I mean, we kind of addressed. Yeah. Defensive tackle. Oh, where you really. brought up. We know where we know where the needs are, and they can yeah, address it. We know where the needs are, and. I'm sure we'll have a little bit more on free agency maybe next week, just a little briefly. And and we'll obviously, as they go into free agency, talk about what the the news is, who they're signing. But let's kind of just switch, switch gears here to the offensive side of the football where, you know, this was one of the better offenses in football last year. I, I think I'm, I'm right in saying that. And I think there's not a ton of needs on the offensive side of the yeah. ball. Like I, I said, maybe – for the offensive side of the ball, I think really the top priority should be re-signing some of these guys, like maybe one of those offensive linemen, like I brought up. I wouldn't mind them re-signing Brock Wright well, tight end to get some tight end depth. I'd rather have a tight end like him who's been in the system as the tight ends have seemingly been a very, very large part of our offense. Yes. And having someone that already knows our system and doesn't have to come in and learn that, I feel like re-signing maybe a tight end like that would be huge. If not, I've heard a little bit of rumors of a guy from Miami named Mike Gusek-Sicki. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we call him Gusek-Sicki because he's a part of the Gusek Club on my fantasy team where I, uh, I, I've I never had a stable tight end in fantasy. This is kind of very off topic here, but I've never had a stable yeah. tight end yeah. in fantasy. And so I, I feel like I always pick up a tight end. And they always score. Like, there have been four or five times where I picked up a tight end, like Mike Gusek-Sicki, Noah Gusek-Fant. Yeah. There, there's like, I think there's four or five. And they score zero points. I'm not talking like they score two points. You yeah. know, it's like just a bad week. No, they don't They don't get a catch. It's heartbreaking. They don't get a point. It breaks my heart every time. I lose my mind. I yeah. can't get over it. I have Kyle Pitts on my roster now. Kyle Pitts is hurt. Yeah. They don't throw on the ball. Tight ends are just my kryptonite in fantasy. It's the worst thing ever. And Mike Gusek-Sicki is a part of that club, so yeah. I don't want him in Detroit just for that's, that. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But yeah. if they brought him in, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it'd be all right. He's he's a really good. Type he is good. He is good. He's really but like good. you said, it, it, for a cheaper option, for yeah, somebody I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's a guy that you want to waste for sure. money on. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Who would you say yesterday? This is off topic too. That we just we just released somebody. Oh, Michael Brockers. Yeah, and that what freed up ten million. Cleared up ten million dollars yeah. in cap space to use. So we. That's the thing. We have money. For sure. We, we need to use money. it. Yeah, need to we need it. to use it. And one of those positions, probably the final position we can talk about here, I said we are going to talk about it earlier, is receiver. You know, if we don't re-sign DJ Chark, I got a couple names here. I don't know if you have any, but Alan Lazard from Green Bay, Nicole Hardman from Kansas City, Zach Pascal from Philadelphia, Noah Brown from uh, Dallas, and Jacoby Myers from New England. Now, those are not 
the big flashy guys yeah. like DeAndre Hopkins or someone like that. But I don't know if we need to bring in a DeAndre yeah. Hopkins and pay that much money. Yeah. I think these are guys that, sure, you're going to have to give up a little bit of money for them, but they're guys that are going to be good depth guys that can just be a consistent receiver in the room. What do you think about those? You know, when I look at this offense and receiving core, I look at who the excuse me, missing piece is. Um, when, I, when I look at the receiving core, I look at James Williams as a deep threat, a burner, and then you got Amon Ra out of the slot running the short routes. The thing they're missing to me is the contested catch big guy. That's what DJ X receiver. Was this right. Year, yeah. So if they don't want to sign him, I would look at two guys. I'd look at Alan Lazard being he's 6'5", big body receiver, and also look the way of, um, you said, um, Jacoby Myers. Yeah. He, possession catch receiver, kind of good route runner, typical X receiver. Mm-hmm. I would look the way of both those guys to kind of complement the offense and bring the receiving core uh, tied up all together. Yeah. But, I would again, I wouldn't overpay for one of those guys because you could draft a third or fourth rounder if you really needed to to kind of help bolster the receiving depth. And plus, we forget about Quintus Cephas and Tom Kennedy on the on the practice squad. Like they have guys they can bring up if they need to. Yeah, I agree. I think the two, the three guys I would I would look to is Lazard, Shark, and Myers. Like yeah. you said, a, a big play, not maybe not big play, but just contested catch can go up, get a jump ball, that type of player. A tall, big receiver that can that can be that. As you said, we have a Jamison Williams and a Monron St. Brown. Right? That that is a burner, and it's a. I mean, Khalif Raymond's kind of a burner, right. shifty type guy too. You have those type of guys, and then you have Monron St. Brown, who's just that mm-hmm. out of the slot. He's just a great receiver. Is really what he is at this point. But I think what you said, what we're missing is that contested catch, and that's why I think Chark, Lazard, yeah. or Myers are the three guys I would definitely like to go at. If they go and get a Hardman, the one guy I don't know if I love is Zach Pascal yeah, out of those receivers. Yeah. But if they get a Hardman or a Noah Brown, I mean, you can't complain about that. No. you got two guys who are completely yep. flashy offensive players who imagine McCole Hardman speed with right. Jamison Williams on the other side or I mean, Noah Brown's you know shiftiness and, and speed and, and all of that with Amonra St. Brown and Jamison Williams. I mean, that's going to be tough. Yeah. But I think the better route – would be to go with Chark, Lazard, or Myers. Sure, I, I agree completely. Yeah. The last thing, I know I said that was going to be the last thing, but the la- the very last thing, uh, any running back? Uh, you go after free agency? Or? I know people are going to want it. Some people will say, like, pay for Saquon or pay for Josh Jacobs, but I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it with 10-foot pull. No. You're putting way too much money into a position where it's not an entity at, the, at this point, especially behind a great offensive line. I would say the one position I would touch, and this is going to sound crazy, but I the only way I see our season going downhill next year is if Jared Goff gets hurt. I would, so yeah, yeah. I would address, and I, I'm not saying sign Jimmy G or sign you know Derek Carr. I would sign a quality backup. For example, I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent this year, or Marcus Mariota. Like I would, I would sign a quality backup to, on a cheaper deal to the point where he can, if we need him for a game or two, he can come in and do enough to help us win the game because that's the only way. But I really see his line season going off the rails. If it's is if Garrett Dock was hurt, we have nobody to back him up. So that's the position that I would touch in free agency on the offensive side. Awesome. I was I, I almost wrote that down in my notes here. Yeah. It's like backup quarterback, and then I was like, "Nah, eh, it's not flashy." Who wants yeah. to hear about a backup quarterback? It'd be a smart move. But I I do think that it is a thing that the Lions are going to need. Sure. Where you don't have David have Lau or right. who they have this year, Sudfield. Sudfield. Yeah, you don't want them back there. You kind of want a quarterback that can come in and be a guy that can actually play behind right. Jared Goff. Right. Now, hopefully Jared Goff doesn't get hurt, you know, not wishing anything like that. But 
I definitely would want a guy behind him. Yes. And a lot of people say, oh, just look to the draft to get that. And you can, but I feel like you're better off if you're getting a backup. I always thought not getting a rookie backup right. <laughs> was probably the smarter move. Yeah, right. And getting a guy that, you know, you know can come in and be that guy. Right. And just to touch a, quickly on the running back position, then we can switch gears here. I think that they should not sign top dollar for running back. Like you said, you know, there's a narrative about second contract running backs and they never make it that long. And I think touching a running back with that, that much money would be terrible. I think Mm -hmm. that's just a waste of the money that we could use on the defensive position where we need it. Whereas if you sign Jamal Williams and then maybe draft a running back, I think, yeah, maybe, yeah. And I'm not talking get B. John Robinson with the six overall pick. I'm talking deep class too. Yeah, deep running back class, you know, get get a guy in the third or fourth round that's going to be a guy that can come in, maybe develop him into something that's yeah. special, and and I think that's what the line should do. Yeah, I th- hopefully that's the plan that Brad Holmes had, and he's a smart guy. He doesn't He's not proven to overpay for, mm-hmm. for guys they don't need. So yeah. I think this is the kind of plan they have. Yeah, I agree. All right, you got anything else on this? the Lions, free agency, Lions, anything, Lions? I think we covered it, and we can save it for the next few weeks here. Yeah, we have uh, – I'll just kind of give you guys a little insight into what's coming up next before we switch into the college basketball next week. The plan is as of right now to give you guys probably a shorter episode on Friday. And then we're going to have a little mock draft episode with me, Logan, Brent, Luke coming out probably Sunday, maybe Monday, one of those two days next week. So not yeah, next week coming out then. And we're just going to basically do like a snake draft where we each get a team and then we just keep going around and around and around until we finish the first round, mock draft the first round, talk about it. It's going to be a little bit of a longer one probably, but it's going to be a fun one, I think. And so that should be fun. And I think that'll really show us a lot about what we think about the Lions draft when we get to that pick because we'll probably spend a little bit more time on that pick than we do other picks. That's just kind of a, a look ahead to what's coming. But... We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Michigan and Michigan State basketball. So today's episode is brought to you by Goose's Eggs. You ever at home in the morning want some breakfast, and you're like, I'm going to go get some goose eggs. I'm going to cook up some nice goose eggs. I'm going to scramble them, make them over easy, do something like that. If ever you want a goose egg, you can find them with tight ends in fantasy football. They will always provide you goose eggs. And that's what today's episode is sponsored by. So a couple of things we haven't gotten into yet before we get into Michigan, Michigan State basketball. How about a little Red Wings shout out? Took the uh, last wild card spot in the playoffs right now, or I think the second, I don't know if that's the last, you know, full disclosure here, not, I'm. I'm not necessarily anti-hockey. I just don't watch a ton of hockey, yeah. and I don't think you do either. No. And so I, there's not much I, I can go into insightful about this. Uh, I, I do actually plan on watching them this week, so I'm actually I'm pretty excited for that because I do like watching hockey. Oh yeah, it's very entertaining yes. in my opinion. It's just I don't you know between that and college basketball and now college baseball just ramped right. it up. You know, it's, it's tough to get and watch everything you want to be able to watch. So I'm kind of excited to maybe watch a little Red Wings this weekend and maybe next week if they keep winning, I'll, I'll have a little more yeah. insight for you guys as to that. But as of right now, just a little, little tiny shout out 
they are in the last wild card spot. Another little quick shout out. You know, I brought up college baseball. College baseball teams in Michigan, you know, normally not very good. I mean, Michigan has been very good, but they just lost their coach. So you never really know. They're two and two right now. They kind of got slapped by Michigan State, which is never fun. They, They did beat Grand Canyon University and... You know, I they the other two games I'm not hundred percent sure on who they are. You know, for us, the Chippewa is doing pretty good. Three yeah. and one. They were a walk-off away from sweeping Baylor. Yeah. And they're going into a four well, five game series that they took the first game, uh, four games this weekend. And that's pretty exciting. You know, college baseball is back. So baseball is back for you baseball fans. And if you want to watch it, you know, get ESPN plus <laughs> because yes. that's where all the games yep. are because they don't broadcast it, even though I saw a thing this morning. College baseball brings in not the most revenue for the for college for NCAA, yeah. but it brings in an insane amount of revenue for the fact that they don't put a lot of money into it. Sure. And it brings out just a crazy amount of money. So and quite honestly, college baseball is I don't want to say better than the MLB, but it is. Entertaining. <laughs> it's it just I mean, you guys should know how college kids are. Right. They're crazy. MLB, they have, you know, for the most part, sophisticated men. Yeah. And just think of college kids having fun, pimping baseballs, bat flipping, you know, running off the field, staring guys down, cussing them out, just giving them the business for everything. And that's what college baseball is. So if you do have a chance to watch any college baseball, I do very highly recommend it. I know not a lot of people do. Anything else that's uh, exciting before we get into Michigan, Michigan State? Not that I can think of. Think. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, Pistons still suck, so. Yeah, I can't really don't. They don't deserve to be talked about. Yeah, so. they don't. They really don't. So let's get into Michigan, yeah. Michigan State. Let's start off. Well, you know what? I'll ask you. Where do you want to start? We can start Michigan, Michigan State. Let's, well, actually, you know what? They played a game yeah, last week. That. Let's start there. Uh, obviously, this was more than just a basketball game. Michigan State did not need to play this game. Could have very easily said, let's just not play this one. Yeah. Let's sit this one out. We haven't practiced basically all week. We've had maybe two practices, and we are still grieving from the terrible incident that happened there that we discussed last week. And they really didn't need to come down to Ann Arbor and play at the Chrysler Center on Saturday night. But they did. They did play a basketball game. And while the emotions were definitely high and are definitely a big part of the game, for our purpose here, let's just kind of put that aside, knowing that, you know, that is a big part of the game and, and it's they don't need to be playing. But let's just kind of put that aside here and just talk about maybe more of the basketball aspect sure. of that game. I think you look at that game and you're like, dude, you probably get a little pissed off. Because yeah. you're like, this is how fun this Michigan team could be. Right. And we've been watching this complete shit show for all year. All year. And you're like, why do they decide to do this now? Right. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, just Michigan basketball, man. It's, it gets you up, gets you down. Yep. It, it's insane what it does to you. 
in that game, I mean, what are some highlights we can take away? Kobe Bufkin played, played well. Great. Great. Uh, everyone, honestly. Doug, I feel like Doug, yeah. Doug was the best game I've seen him play all year. Oh, yeah. Dude, if this – all right, I'm going to do it. You're going to hate me for it. I know that I'm going to get a lot of backlash. This is a Michigan basketball team that could win the Big Ten tournament if they played this way. Sure. The way they played – let's just extend this to their past two games because they just beat Rutgers. Yeah, big win. Big, big win. It's just so frustrating because they're so good. They're so good when they're good. Yeah. Talented. I, uh-huh. Talented. Very talented. Yeah. I don't know. There's not a lot of teams that I think if we play our best can beat us. Sure. Yeah. There's definitely some teams. I'm not saying we're the best team in the country when we play our best. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't think there's a lot of teams out there that can beat us when we're playing our best basketball. And the fact that we haven't played our best basketball pretty much all year until now seemingly like last year when we waited yep. until the very last moment to play our best basketball. It's kind of frustrating, I would say. And I don't really know where to put that. Maybe not the blame because you can definitely yeah. – there's spots where you can put the blame. But I don't know where to – where does that come from? Is it more from the players or more from Juwan or more from everything? Or, or you know, what do you think? What do you think this this – First off, why do you think they take so long to come alive? And why do you think it's always at the end of the year? Uh, I will start by saying that the pattern has only been the last two years. So we got right. to so give, yeah. give him wrong credit for that first year where he basically ran the table the first mm-hmm. the whole year. Yeah. Um, I don't like this pattern because I, I I would like to get some earlier wins where we could kind of bolster our tournament resume. But I would say it's mainly because it's, it's, it's a combination of both. You know, I think it's just a, a combination of the coaching staff being a little bit unprepared in the beginning stage of the season. And then when you bring in all this new talent, the transfers and the freshmen, it takes a little bit of time to to gel, right? And that was how it was last year with like five or six freshmen they brought in. So it takes a lot of time for it to to come together. But um, and that kind of falls on coaching to to pick guys that fit into your system. And I that and that is why I don't think it I think it takes long because they don't have a system where they can just plug and play guys. They don't have an identity right now, and uh, that's what it's been the past two years. like when you look at Michigan State, they have guys that are you know they're blue chip, blue collar, uh, gritty guys that just come in and plug and play, and they're going to give you. Your effort. I don't know what Michigan's identity has been the past two years. That's what I look at as to why they don't have this, the right away success that other teams like. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other teams, but like usually, but nowadays you're starting to see some uh, Iowa State, Kansas right. State, but but you're starting to see some some things nowadays where like teams that bring in all these freshmen take a long time to develop. But yeah. look at look at Duke this year, right? Yeah. Like okay, like stuff like that. Something that is talked about not enough, I think, calling kind of building off what you said, teams that rely on freshmen never win the tournament. Right. We see never win the tournament. And now I'm not saying, oh, we should win the tournament every year. That's not what I'm saying. But you look, that Duke team with Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, Trey Jones, Cam Reddish, probably most talented team maybe of all time. I I don't want to say of all time because Kentucky Kentucky 2015 team. and all those guys. The thing that wins tournaments is bringing back those guys that are on the fringe of going to the draft or not going to the draft, like your Caleb Houston and your Musa Diabate, who we didn't bring back for this right. year. Like your, I'm trying to think who else, but you know, we've done, I think, an average job of doing that. We're sure we brought back Hunter Dickinson these past two years, but was that really us bringing him back for the NBA saying we don't want you? The second, the latter, it was that. Yeah. yeah. So I think going into this off season, and I know that this is not the off season yet, 
but bringing back Kobe Bufkin next year is the Huge. biggest yep. thing for this Michigan basketball team in the world. Like the biggest thing that this team can do. He has been an absolute stud. As of late, yeah. Yeah. Him, our guard play has been right. insanely good the past maybe I mean you could go back two weeks for our guard play. You know, sure they lost two of those games, but for like two weeks this guard play yes. has been one of the better guard play in the country. And I think it's just frustrating that, you know, we can't seem to put it all together yeah. until right now. But maybe this is something that they put it together at the end of the year, like they did last year, sneak into the tournament, win a couple games, and all yeah. of a sudden, woo, Michigan basketball, right. baby. And you're all excited. And you know what? I'll be very excited. I'll, I'm, I'll hop right on the bandwagon right again because yeah. I just – I love Michigan basketball, and I just I want them to be good so badly that I'll do anything I feel like to trick my mind in the offseason yes. that they could be good. Well, you're going to need to consider North Carolina to not make the tournament this year. Yeah, well, okay. So I was actually <laughs> – I was thinking about that last night, and I was like, do I really want to bring this up on the podcast? Yeah, right. Watching college basketball for me this year has been the most painful <laughs> thing of my life. I'm a Carolina fan and a Michigan fan. Michigan comes in – you know, not the – they have pretty high expectations, but not like – insanely high expectations, completely underwhelming. You know, not a team that we thought they were going to be. And then you have Carolina. What were they? What were they right yeah, now? number one coming into this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, they uh, may not make the tournament now. Yeah. And for uh, you guys, you know, that's never happened before. That a number one preseason team is <laughs> that's missed a tournament. Make history. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Not the right kind. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. For me, just watching college basketball has been a struggle. I found myself watching a lot of St. Mary's basketball, which uh, St. Mary's plays at 10 o'clock at night. So that's always fun because, yeah. you know, staying up until 1 o'clock every night to watch a team full of white dudes shoot the ball. Do we around. want to switch to Michigan State? Before yeah, we go yeah okay, right. Yeah. Actually, let's before we switch to Michigan State, let's go to these next two games okay. for Michigan. Yeah. Home against Wisconsin, Sunday at 2 o'clock, must win. At Illinois, Thursday at 7 o'clock, must win. You look, they have, I want to say, four games left. They have yep. Wisconsin at home, at Illinois, at Purdue, at Indiana. Oof. That is yeah. three, definitely two of the top teams in the, yep. two of the top three, probably three of the top four teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. And you're playing those three on the road. Right. Yep. They got to go three and one in this stretch. Absolutely. Any, to have any chance to make a tournament this year? Yeah, at large. Yes, I don't. I think if you win, if you win out, you're in a, you're not in a good spot, but you're in a, I wouldn't say safe. Yeah, right. But if you win maybe a game or two, you're like okay. Yeah. Yeah, tournament's probably a thing we're gonna be in. If you go three and one, you're probably gonna win two, maybe three games in the tournament. Yeah. Probably two, and play you know a, a contested close game in that third game. Yeah. But if you lose two of these games, I think it's win the Big Ten or you're, you're going to be sure. watching the March Madness tournament at home. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly how I would say it, too. Yeah. Don't need to spend much more time on it because nope. they don't deserve our time, to be honest. Yeah, let's move on to Michigan, Michigan State. Or, shoot, Michigan State basketball. Um, you got me all out of sorts here. North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina. All right. So, they yeah, they lost to Michigan. Already talked about it. Didn't need to be playing that game. Um and you're sitting there, they're at 16 and 10. You're like, uh oh, is this, uh, could they find themselves in a situation where they may be uh, on the bubble here? 
And I feel like they've been in that situation six or seven times this year. And then what do they do? They go play at home and just beat the living, you know what, out of Indiana. 80 to 65. What did you, uh, I don't know how much you saw this game. I didn't see a ton. Saw a little bit, but what did you make of that well, game? I thought about betting on this game because I, really? I had a set of feeling. Every time you, State, yeah. yeah. Anytime you look in college basketball and you see like a, a, a home favorite over a ranked opponent on the road. Oh, yeah. Vegas knows. Yeah. You, there's some of that, that line's not right. So, right. and it's usually in the favor of the home team is when they end up going to the results. So, I would, betting habits aside, I was just looking at the game to kind of see what Michigan State, how they would rebound after the long week of uh, incidents that took place on campus and how they would rebound after, you know, not really having to play that game against Michigan. Like, I would, if I were to play, I wouldn't have wanted to play in that game, you know. No. Um, but, Props on the first showing up and giving their effort to play a close contested game and, and uh, representing Michigan State well. But yeah, I was looking at how they would rebound, and they impressed me a lot. You know, a 15-point win is always impressive, especially in the Big Ten. And then when you do it against probably, the, I would say the most talented. I don't think Purdue is the most talented. Team. I think they played together well, but I think Indiana is one of the most talented teams in the Big Ten. So when you do that at home or on the road, you got to you just got to take it and be happy with it and move on. And they, uh, I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like, but – that that win definitely put them in a better spot to have more room to make mistakes as you go into the home stretch here. Mm-hmm. I think that they're definitely in a spot where if you win two games out of their next yeah. four, I'm not. I know they have at Iowa on Saturday, at Nebraska on Tuesday. I'm not sure what it's like for their schedule outside of that. Okay. But I mean, if you win those two games, you're pretty much yep. as long as you don't lose out horribly. You know, right. you're probably in the tournament. Let's. And, and rightfully so. I think right. they deserve to be in the tournament. Very gritty basketball team. And their guard play, I think, is, is yeah. what can take them the distance. I'm not, I'm not saying win the national championship the distance, but can take them to that second weekend yeah. in the tournament if their guard play continues to play the way they played against Illinois, where you have Hoggard and Walker putting up 20-plus points. Right. You, have, right. you have Hauserk, who can spot up and shoot a lot. You have, I mean, Sissoko, who's a douchebag, but... <laughs> He's he's little blue guy. Yeah, I hate that. So, uh, and then you have what? Who's there for? Malik Hall. Yeah, and the bench. Just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. This team is a team that is built and structured in a way where they can be really, really scary. Yeah. Seven. They can be a really scary seven. If yeah. you're a if you're a two and you got Michigan State as a seven in your region, I'm I'm a little I'd be concerned. Yeah. I'd well, be concerned. I I've seen a bracketology and I've seen them matched up with the two that's in the region would be Kansas. And there, there ain't no way. Be, I'm sorry. I, no I think Kansas, Kansas is going to, you know, whew, I'm going to give myself props here. I made myself a little bracket. Just, you know, okay. put some numbers together. Ken Palm, all those that Mark Torvik. Just put some numbers together. Saw some records. Just pick, you know, who I thought was going to win each conference through that auto at large bids. Um, I just want to say it took me 45 minutes to do okay. this. Pardon I me. had – well, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just going to – so I had – Pretty much the exact same bracket that these bracketologists oh, do, okay. and and they say they takes it they take like six hours to do this. I would just like to say I did it in forty five minutes. I had pretty okay. much the same thing. Yeah. And the one difference I had was Virginia. I had them a lot lower okay. than where they had them in their brackets. And I just want to, you know, Virginia just lost to Boston College. Sure. So I would say I was right, and yeah. you guys yeah. were wrong. So you know, if you're at ESPN or CBS, hire me. Basically, is yeah. what I'm saying. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think Kansas is going to be a one seed. All that said and done, since I'm a bracketologist expert, yes. that's what actually I'd like to be referred to as. But now okay. a bracketologist expert. I, can do that I think Kansas is yeah. going to be a one seed when it's all said and done. Yeah. They got so, talent. They're talented yeah. enough, too. I think, you know, depending on where you're matched up, that. But you know what? The bracket. You know, these guys love to do this. I've yeah. brought this up multiple times. What a wonderful opportunity we have to see the two blue bloods, Michigan State and Kansas, face off in the first weekend. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I hate when they do that. TV stuff. I feel bad for Michigan State, first off. I hate Michigan State, so I don't really feel bad for them. But I, I do at the same time because that's just brutal right. having to play someone like that that has all this tournament experience is just right. probably coached by one of the best coaches in college basketball. And you're like, oh, here you go. Just have them in the first weekend. Yeah. Right. Whereas Michigan State is a team that could probably go to the second weekend pretty easily if they weren't playing Duke last year right. or Duke two years ago or just it, they always do this. So you know, if Kansas is a two seed, I I can I'm willing to put a lot of money on the fact that they are paired up with with Michigan yeah. State. So if you're Michigan State, here's how you fix this: you went out, yep, and then you get yourself a six or a five seed. Sure. You don't gotta worry about it. Yep, simple as that. Simple as that. Uh, what else? Anything else? That's I, We covered I think we did a good job today. I think we covered it all. All right. Wrapping it up here, I think. Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's wrap this up. All right. Thanks for listening today, guys. Uh, really appreciate it. I know, you know, we got a lot, I think, of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Full, I, I planned out the next like, few months of what I think we can yeah. be doing here on the podcast. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming up oh, yeah. pretty soon here that I'm really excited for. I know Logan's really excited for everyone who's going to be on here. I think should be excited for. And if you're listening, get excited for it. Keep listening and, you know, share it. Let other people know that, Oh, these have been some good episodes. We're excited. You know, we're, we're getting, we're entertained by watching this and they've got some fun stuff coming up. You know, why don't you tune into a couple of them? Let's, let's grow this thing, grow this podcast, get, get some, uh, you know, recognition. Yeah. Have some fun. You know, you got a you have, you have a bracketologist expert yeah. on here. What else could you ask for? What, I yeah. don't know what else you could ask yeah. for. Yeah. Uh give it a little five stars anywhere you can, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, let's get out of here. All right. Have See a good ya. One.